To be a yogi. I'm Edward Reed, producer and host of the To Be a Yogi podcast. Today, I will be interviewing Diane Bondi. She is a trailblazer, activist, yoga teacher, and contributing author of Yoga and Body Image, a new anthology. She is a writer, motivator, risk taker, educator, yoga teacher, and leading voice in the diversity in yoga and yoga of inclusion movement. With over a thousand hours of yoga training in diverse modalities such as yoga therapeutics, restorative yoga, meditation, and anusara yoga, she has a truly well-rounded and holistic understanding of yoga and mindfulness practices and philosophies. And so, without further ado, let's get to that interview, shall we? Hello, welcome to the Tavia Yogi Podcast. <laughs> I guess I should check what time zone you're in. I'm like, <laughs> me just to assume everybody's in the Eastern. Time. Yeah, I assume everybody's in California. It's <laughs> funny. Oh well, I'm glad you're available now because I could I wouldn't be able to do new. My kids get home from school and then all hell breaks loose. Like it's oh just, yeah. I have to brace myself for it. It's a, it's a practice in mindfulness when my kids go home from school, let me tell you. I understand. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed your Mindfulness Summit um, Revolution uh, interview, I guess it was called. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thanks. It, I, I was honored to be invited. Charlotte's really sweet. Yeah. And I think that's great. a really uh, great uh, package she put together, especially now, right? Like, everybody's super yeah. stressed now. Yeah. So Excellent. Well, I have... Um, you know, I, I, I often start off with kind of a weird question. Is there anything that you can tell us about the meaning of your name? No. You know what? I've never looked up the meaning of my name. I have no idea. No. My mother just liked it. Here, Here's an odd story. Okay. I was supposed to be named Debbie. And uh, my dad didn't like it, so they defaulted on Diane. And I don't meet very many people named Diane, and I hardly ever meet anybody named Diane with two ends. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't even know. I think it's a British name, to be honest. I could always look it up. <laughs> I, I, I've traced it back as far as the goddess Diane, but I don't oh. know if there's an earlier Diane. Uh, hey, I like that goddess. I know. Yeah. I, I love that, and I know in Italian mythology. Um, that Diana is like the archer, like she's a uh, right. female equivalent of Arjuna. Um, and I think she's an archer in a couple of, I don't know if she's an archer in Greek mythology, but I know in Italian mythology, she's yeah. kind of like yeah. a goddess in there. That I've heard, but I never really <laughs> relate to that because it's like Diana. But um, right. Diana is a derivative of Diana. It's all part of the same name anyway. So I'll own it. I'll take it. <laughs> oh, cool. So, um, so let's see. For people who are listening who, um, who don't know you already, would you mind telling us a little bit about your backstory, how you got started with yoga? Yeah, I got started with yoga pretty young. I was three. Um, my mother, my parents are immigrants from Barbados, and we live in Canada. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had come to actually England to do training from Barbados, and then they ended up getting jobs in Canada because Canada was having a shortage of, of labor. So they immigrated over from, from Barbados through England. And my, when they landed here and they got their house and everything, my dad went off to work and then they started their family. So my mother was in a very kind of isolated place. At the time, it was a really rural place. And so she had these three kids under the age of four. And she was 
super stressed out and she didn't drive and she didn't have any family. So she had to find a way to do some self-care for herself, I think, to keep herself from um, falling into a depression or just, you know, being overwhelmed by her children. So she got this book from the library called uh, Stay Young with Yoga. Hmm. And when my brother and sister would go down for their nap, because my brother and sister are twins, we'd pull out this book and play with some poses. And that's actually how I got started. Um, Yeah. So that's what we would do. So we did like maybe half an hour of asana a day and it just became like this routine that we always did. And my mother just became, you know how it is with asana. You start with asana and it feels really good. And then you want to know what else is out there. So then my mother became like really tuned into yoga. And this was like the early seventies when yoga was still the counterculture. Right. So, um, you know, she spent a lot of time researching it, being at the library, and then we started a meditation practice together, which was really hard for me uh, when you're very four. young. Yeah, hard to sit still. Yeah, <laughs> half an hour, however long she wanted me to sit still for. So often, my meditation practice um, uh, focused around a, a sucker or something, something like. <laughs> so I would be quiet for half an hour, something to do for half an hour. Yeah. Well, got into her meditation practice and so and you know it was just always something that was available to me that my mother introduced to me pretty young so I've always kind of had it in my my consciousness or my awareness right how cool so did you decide early on that you wanted to make kind of a lifestyle and a career of it no not at all I uh I just used it for myself as like a self-care um processing kind of thing for myself, how to process the world a little bit. Um, and I didn't, you know, I drifted in and out of it in high school. Um, I drifted in and out of it in university. Um, and then when uh, I got pregnant with my first son in 2003, mm-hmm. I decided, oh no, 2004, I decided uh, I needed to come back to it just because I wanted to have a natural birth. And I wanted just to be calm in my pregnancy because I was really, really paranoid in my pregnancy. Uh, I, you know, got pregnant later in life. So I was just like worried the whole time, (laughs) worried the whole time. And, you know, I had a really stressful job at the time. And my husband was like, maybe you should get back to your yoga practice. It just seems kind of funny. (laughs) I notice with everybody who practices yoga, when we get busy or stressed, it seems to be the first thing that drops off. Like Mm -hmm. we all of a sudden don't have time for it when it's actually going to be the thing that's going to help us transcend a difficult situation or understand what's going on in the world or take a few minutes to, to be in the moment. So that's true. Yeah. It, it'll, it'll turn an hour into three hours with all the, totally. the extra energy and space you have. Yeah. It creates for you. So I just, my husband had said to me, maybe it's time to get back to our practice. And we ended up going to a community center here in town because I was uh, super intimidated by any kind of um, studio situation. So we just went to the the uh, uh, community center and we took, a, at the time, a Shivananda. Um, she was a Shivananda-trained teacher. And so uh, we had a Savasana after every pose. And I just thought, well, this is for me. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I've done a couple like that. That's good. That was good. And that was kind of my introduction back into it because I had more of a a vinyasa background prior to that. And so, you know, it got me kind of back into my footing. And then I I used it to have a natural birth. And then I decided I had always been like a, a group fitness instructor from the time I was 17. And I decided that this was more useful to me as a practice and perhaps as my student. So I just started teaching it in my, uh, church, um, 
yeah, I just, I just started, I had no like formal training, just my fitness training and my, you know, my 30 years of practicing at that point. Uh, so I just decided, oh, well, I'm just going to teach it. I'm going to ask my friends if they want to come and we'll just kind of come and practice together. It won't really be anything too formal. We'll just get a space and we'll practice together. And, um, it, and then it rapidly turned into a class. And then I thought to myself, okay, I need to get some more training. Like I, my, I was self-taught at this point. I'm like, I need to go somewhere uh, and Have get a certificate to show. Yeah. Ah, because I had taken like a workshop here and a workshop there and I heard, you know, these like little weekend things, but nothing really serious where we dove a little bit more deeper into, you know, the foundations of asana and yeah, all that. 200 hour, That's, 500 hour, that kind of yes, thing. Yes, totally. So then I decided I needed to get some education. So I went out and did my 200 hour in a studio that's relatively close to me, even though I live in Canada. I live right on the border with Michigan. So I went over to Michigan and took a 200-hour training at Namaste Yoga Studio with uh, Linda Bukowski, and then it blew up for me from there. That 200 hours really just stoked the fire of wanting to know more, mm-hmm. and then went on to do an Anasara training after that, which took years. If, if you're familiar with Anasara training, you can probably take that training for 20 years. I'm serious. Oh, wow. There's always a workshop. There's always a an intensive, there's always something to learn. So I, and I really like that. I'm a, a person who believes in ongoing learning. So that was really exciting for me. Yeah. How cool. Yeah. I, I actually got my training at a place called Namaste also. <laughs> <laughs> Beginning to think that's like a real Popular name. <laughs> yoga studio name. Yeah. <laughs> How cool. So, um, what would you say to someone out there who's listening, who's like, you know, I kind of want to try yoga, but you know, when I look at those yoga classes, I don't, I don't think I fit in there. Like what, what would you say to someone like that? You know what? I'm, I'm, it's an interesting conversation. I just got off a a talk with a friend of mine, Laura, who's teaching bilingual classes in Manhattan. So she just got a job at a community center that's offering free yoga in her community. And she's the bilingual teacher so that, Um, There's more accessibility for people who speak Spanish, and uh, she's also a uh, a teacher of color. So it's interesting to see yourself represented and then having to speak in your language. And I'm noticing that's becoming more and more the trend, that we're starting to look at the imagery of of yoga as it's been presented to us for the past 15 or 20 years, and it's it's shifting. The shift is slow. But it's happening, and I would say to people who are who are scared, look and see what's in your community. And if you're really nervous about stepping into like a studio space, which can be super intimidating, and I, I mean, I've been practicing for 44 years, and I'm still intimidated. I, I've worked in studio spaces. I owned a studio for 10 years, and even now, when I go out uh, into the world or I go to a different city, if I'm teaching or traveling, and I and I look for a local studio, I'm super intimidated to step through those doors because I know. In some cases, there's going to be some kind of judgment based on my size, or they're going to make assumptions about what I can and can't practice. And so I get that intimidation factor. So if you're in your local community, I would check out your community center, because I find that's a less daunting space. Mm -hmm. A community center really has that everybody's welcome feel here. Like there's classes for kids, there's classes for seniors, everybody's kind of welcome there. And I would start there with an an intro series or a yoga basic series. And, you know, see, I I always found it was easier when I was starting anything out if I had a friend who was interested um, to see if they would tag along with me because it kind of kept me accountable, right? Because I knew my friend was waiting on me. 
So that would be what I would say. Start in a community center and start in a space which feels less intimidating and call, you know, call and say, you know, I've never been to yoga before. You know, I'm a little bit nervous or whatever. Can you recommend a class for me? And if you feel like you're ready to step into a yoga studio space, I would go check out the space. Um, and see how it feels and see if the vibe feels friendly because you can step into some spaces and instantly feel like, oh, I don't belong here. And then you can yeah. step into spaces and you're like, oh, this makes sense. There's classes, you know, with chairs, uh, you know, there's classes for beginners. There's classes for people in larger bodies or who are practicing with disabilities. So there are studios out there that 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 they care about those types of things. So do your research is another one. And uh Depending on where you are, if you just look up, you know, um, yoga for disabilities or yoga for people in, you know, large bodies, there's lots of things, body positive yoga, fat yoga, there's a, a lot of it. Just look it up and see if there's anybody in your area that's teaching and, and seek them out um, because it's becoming, you know, I think more and more available as we as we dip into uh, the, the lake or the pond or the sea of accessible yoga. Things are definitely shifting. Yeah. And I, I guess there's um, so, sometimes people say it's <clears throat> it's not as safe to use videos because you want to have a teacher there like looking to make sure you're not doing something horribly wrong. But there's that's also a place you can kind of start to put your foot in the water too. I totally believe in online yoga just because it's really accessible in terms of pricing. Um, and then if you want to invest, if you want to, you know, rake out 15, 20, 25, I don't know, $30 and go maybe once in a while to a beginner class if it's not, you know, if it's not in your wheelhouse. But I'm good with that. Like I have an online studio called yogastea.com and we cater to beginners. And then oh. I often, yeah, and then I have a Facebook group where I'll do Facebook live stuff. So people will take a picture of their pose and put it and post it in the Facebook group. And I'll either address, address it live and in person, or I'll do a video or because there's a lot of teachers in that group, other teachers will weigh in, you know, nice. they'll say, so yeah. So I think it's totally doable to do something online if that's where your comfort level is. How cool. Now, uh, Yoga Stea, it was that Y-O-G-A-S-T-A-Y-A? Yeah, yeah S-T-E-Y-A, yep. S-T-E-Y-A. Okay, got it. I'll make sure to put a link on the page. Thank you. Absolutely. Now, you have something coming up, right? Um, a workshop? I do. I have a couple of things coming up. I think my next workshop coming up is my online training. So currently we're doing uh, a Yoga for All online training because I do specialize in training teachers to work with bodies that are different than their own or bodies they're not familiar with or people practicing with disabilities or in larger bodies. So that's coming up. Um, the course launches October 2nd. So right now, if you go to my website, yoga for all online or mm -hmm. yoga for all training.com, I should say, um, I'm offering like these free mini courses for teachers who are looking to make their classes more accessible. And then if they're interested, there's the full course. Uh, I'm heading out to a couple of different places. I'll be uh, in Yogaville in November. I'll be in Jamaica in November. I'm trying to think about all the places I'm going to be in October. Yogaville's in Virginia, Buckingham, wow. Virginia. It's really close to a place that you might know called Charlottesville. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So is Yogaville its actual, like the name of the place, name of the yeah. city? Or? Ashram. Yes. Oh, it's an ashram. Oh, yeah. okay. How interesting. I didn't know about that. Okay. You know, the guru of that ashram is Swami Satchitananda. He's, oh, actually, okay. he's actually entombed there. 
Wow. Yeah, I read his translation of the Yoga Sutras. Yes, I have that one too. I yeah, love yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, he's very he's spe- well. He's talking to like hippies. So. Oh, totally, <laughs> totally, and he's really got that inclusive vibe. If I yeah. were gonna, he's like the first. I would say he's the first person who was really like, you know, this awesome stuff doesn't have to be this complicated. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that girl hippie vibe from him for sure. And it's a really cool place. It's um, it's it's a big place, and it's got this beautiful lotus temple. Uh, a temple created after this lotus flower, and there's all these levels. And it, and it, um, in the on the first level of the lotus temple, there's all the religions of the world represented there. And then there's a blank space for one that has yet to be. Oh, how interesting! Uh, yeah, to be discovered. And there's like spiritual leaders, they didn't like put Scientology, there yet. Oh no. <laughs> It needs but, to be uh, 300 years old first. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's going to last that long, if we're being honest. Yeah. yeah. I know. I keep thinking that, but then they open up a new center around here. I'm in L.A., so, you know, I'm surrounded by it. Celebrity center, probably. I walked by it the other uh, – last time I was in L.A., I walked by it. It was like, this is weird. This is I'm, I'm actually going to be visiting a man in South Africa who has – his wife became a Scientologist and left him because of religious differences. Oh, wow. In South Africa. I was like, I didn't realize there were Scientologists in South Africa. Yeah, I think they're permeating the globe. Uh, I know, but I think your remedies uh, documentary on it. And it's like, it's scary. Like, yeah. it's like, wow. Weird. Weird yeah. stuff. Totally. totally. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. Sachin Ananda. Yes, that's yeah, that's that. That's his, he that's his spiritual place. He created it. He flew over the area on a visit uh, to North America and it reminded him of where he was raised in India. And so I, I'm, I'm sure back in the 70s, I believe, or even the 60s or it might have been earlier than that. When he found this place of land, he was like, this is where I'm going to build, you know, my religious center or my spiritual center and so it's it's a super cool place you certainly feel his presence and his influence throughout all of it how beautiful yeah it's really nice there so let's see what have i left out is there any um any any question that i should ask that uh, my my mind is blank right now (laughs) (laughs) no i think we covered it all Um, that's cool yeah, I, I can't think of anything that like screams out at me. If anybody wants to get in touch with me, um, you know, you can find me on social media, Diane Bondi Yoga. Two N's and an E and Diane, an unusual spelling or not a common spelling. Um, and I'm taking my butt on the road next month. Um, and you can check me out. You can check that out on my website, DianeBondiYoga.com. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I love to be on social media. I love to connect with people. I love to talk. So, you, you know, catch me on podcasts here, there, and everywhere. Nice. So, uh, yeah. So how long have you been teaching yoga? I'm going to now throw it back. <laughs> I um, officially um, graduated from my 200-hour training in April of 2014. Okay. And I uh, started teaching. So I guess that's three years and uh, some change. And um, you're in the L.A. That's like the mecca. There's so many yeah. <laughs> in a Whole Foods and like hit 20 yoga teachers, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's on one hand, it's kind of oversaturated. Um, exactly. and like, you know, right around the time that the, the, the bank loan ads featured a couple opening a yoga studio is the time that you started hearing about yoga studios shutting down because they're not making money. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like very oversaturated. A lot of people have a dream to open a yoga studio and some of them, some of them succeed, you know, and, and, I, but it's kind of like a little Darwinian, like, um, 
you know, based on like, you know, who's in the area and, and how much interest, but also the teachers and, and the energy and, 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 and the ability to put, to put out uh, energy to, to draw people in. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, for me, I'm kind of like I, I right now I'm planning a, a long trip to Nepal and India and I'm kind of moving away from the hustle and bustle of yoga into the, you know, the heart of yoga in my, in my mind, you know, like to keep my practice up and go to beautiful temples and spend time there. And, and, uh, you know, I, I got a little bit too far into the, like, you know, there'd be, I, I ended up teaching hot yoga and there'd be an older person who I could tell was struggling. And I'm like, are you thirsty? You didn't bring water. And he's like, yeah, I'm very thirsty. So I go outside to get water. And uh, then next thing I know, people are complaining that the class wasn't challenging enough. I'm like, really? You mean because I was helping the guy who was dehydrating in the back? Come on. (laughs) You know, I'm like, I need a break from this, you know, like, uh, (laughs) and maybe to improve my, you know, like I, I, I did my training and then I've been teaching, but I haven't been learning as much. I haven't been going to workshops and things like that as right, much. Right, so. right. So. Oh yeah. I always think when you've graduated from yoga teacher training, I, this was my problem. I graduated and then I'm like more, please more. And yeah. I think out of yoga teacher, the, my first 200 hours, I think I was out for three months before I was in a 500 hour training, like the next minute. <laughs> and then I spent, you know, I cringed the amount of money that I spent taking a lot of trainings. However, it's really informed my teaching. And I think, I don't know. I don't have a particular affinity for hot yoga. I bought a week-long pass at a Bikram class at a Bikram studio when I was in Wisconsin, like, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight years ago. How old was my son? Seven years ago. Uh, my son was three when we went. And uh, I went for a week just so I could have this experience and that when people at my studio asked me about hot yoga, I'd be able to say, well, I took it for a week and I can tell you. I personally don't get it. And I really <laughs> feel like – Everybody in there just seems so hot and bothered. Like we're all packed in this room. Everybody seems kind of edgy, right? So when you say to me that they were complaining that it wasn't challenging enough, I just, what do you mean we're not going to run for 20 miles today and then a million chaturangas? Like that's just the vibe I got when I was in there. And I know no. people go to ER, you know, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, people say, well, you can get a little deeper into the stretch or it's good for injuries. Oh, and also sometimes people get rushed to the hospital. It's like, well, why, why not just not do it? <laughs> you know? I hear that a lot. Like I hear, I hear that ambulances show up at hot yoga. I just, I, just, I don't mean I, to laugh at tragedy. Well, I but, don't get the premise. Like, yeah. I, my family's from Barbados, so it's hot in Barbados. I don't think it's maybe as hot as India. Um, you know, the, the, it, it, with global warming, it's now maxed out probably at 90. But before it, it used to max out at about 80, 80 degrees yeah. Fahrenheit. Now, You know what I mean? But now it's a little bit warmer now, right? But as a culture, when it's hot, we don't go outside and we don't do a whole lot. So it's right. not unusual from between 12 and 3 for people to be siestaing. Unless they're working in the tourism industry, people generally aren't out at that time. And people, you know, like in Mexico, people like like to be quiet at that time. So this idea that, you know, practicing in the heat is indicative of a particular culture, I don't necessarily yeah. buy. Yeah. Just because nobody's doing any, even animals aren't doing anything in extreme heat. They're, <laughs> they're hiding under stuff. And so I just, I don't think that's a good enough reason. And then a lot of times it's kind of like the selling feature is the body beautiful or the selling right. feature is 
lose weight. And it, it's not about that. The practice isn't about that. I think, I think it's fine if you want to do it. And if that's your thing, I know, I know I'm probably going to catch shit for this, but <laughs> you know, I, if it's for you and you love it, yeah, have at it. But I generally don't get it. And when I had my yoga studio, I had a lot of people come in from hot yoga because hot yoga came here to Windsor. It's fairly new here. It's only been here for about six years, but it came to Windsor maybe five or six years ago. And I, I, ha I ended up with a lot of people with injuries in my regular classes and my restorative classes having all these problems because they stretched too deep mm. and too far because they couldn't, they could no longer feel their edge because they were so hot and bothered or they were oh, constantly yeah. Interesting. being dehydrated or something. So I, 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 I'm, I've written many an article about it saying that it's not for me and it just, I don't get it. I can yeah. sit and actually think about sweating and probably start sweating. So <laughs> I don't need any help with being heated and I don't want to be artificially heated. I just rather, right. Heat, right. My own heat works for me. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. The, um, around here, the, um, I guess I, I, I read, I read an article, but I don't re recall all the details, but I think it involved a lawsuit with Bikram oh. and his accountant, Oh. Um, and what ended up happening was he didn't show up to court, so the person who was suing him won and was oh. awarded uh, like a certain number of his studios. And so now we have a thing called Hot 8 Yoga, uh, oh. which is like, I mean, they, there's classes that are based on classic Bikram. It's like the 20-some-odd poses. Oh, but then, yeah, but then there's like an 85-pose class, and there's actually oh. yin yoga. One of the teachers that's actually going to be interviewed, Lindsay, uh, in a few days on the Mindful Revolution Summit, teaches the, the hot yin class that I really like there. And she'll bring in a lot of really interesting elements of chakras and energy and all this other stuff that you wouldn't really expect. So yeah, I mean, they're pretty far removed from Bikram. Yeah, so? which I think is probably why, seeing as he's kind of... Um, created a really big problem for himself with all his lawsuits and the fact that he's yeah. like liquidated and like left the United States kind of thing. So that just speaks a lot to, I think his character yeah. and maybe yeah. he missed a couple lessons, I think, um, which is yeah. amazing. Cause you and I were talking about one, he's had one of the best possible trainings. Like his yoga teacher was the real deal. So it's really interesting how I think capitalism can get a hold of us and we forget where we come from. It's true. I mean, one can hardly blame, you know, I mean, I think that when someone is coming from a religious or spiritual background, they get a little bit extra, you know, eyebrows raised at them when they start acting yeah. like uh, Russell Brand or something. But I mean, right. you know, how tempting must it be for, you know, a, a, a man with a pulse to be surrounded by beautiful women and you know, half of them are looking at you in a certain way. What are you going to do? You know, year after year after year. So, I mean, yeah. it's like, okay, well, there but for the grace of God, you know, go on. Yeah. I guess. And it you happens. Know. Like, we see it with that, that rock star mentality. Where yeah. That's kind of, they get elevated to rock star status. And then, you know, I I studied Anasara and I, you know, we followed John Friend around for a while. And I can't believe the way women looked at John Friend. There was mm. really, there was really, you know, I never, he never had that kind of charisma for me. But for other women, it was like people couldn't get, get, get close enough to him. So, yeah. so I totally kind of get it. And it, you know, and it starts to feed your ego. And then on the capitalist side, sometimes when you come from, when you don't come from much and you're given an opportunity to support yourself and then some, it's hard not to buy into that whole corporate structure and sometimes sell out in order to pay yourself because we yeah. know yeah. 
you know, that the yoga industry is a billion dollar industry and it's not the teachers that are making a billion dollars. It's all the clothing companies and magazines and things like that. So it's hard not to, to buy into some of that just to feed yourself. You know, you're a yoga teacher. Yeah. In the last, you know, you're starving. And <laughs> yeah, I, I have to, <laughs> luckily I have other <laughs> places I can draw from, but yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, you have to, it's not a yeah. job this all the time it's not a job that you can do yeah I, people often have a spouse who has like a job in yeah. a building with a suit <laughs> and that, yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah it's hard I mean it's really hard and with new yoga studios cropping up every 10 feet from where you own a studio it gets even harder so yeah I guess yeah the the podcast you know to be a yogi was and and I guess on my own path I, I spent a, about a year and a half doing yoga by myself in a fire escape to kind oh. of um at my, I was working at Screen Actors Guild, more of a corporate job, and okay. my back hurt, and I was getting yelled at on the phone by producers and stuff like that. And so, in order to keep myself from going insane, I would yeah. I would go in my lunch breaks and and do yoga. And so, I I liked this idea of being a yogi. And then, after a couple years, I decided to become a yoga teacher to help facilitate becoming a, a yogi. But then, yeah, I ended up running into all of the uh, the roadblocks, you know, of, of being a yoga teacher and how it almost kind of can take you away from being a yogi. It's almost easier to be a yogi, you know, not being a yoga teacher. I mean, if you, unless you find the right balance. Yeah. I thought I found the first thing that kind of happened to me when I started teaching yoga was I stopped practicing. Yeah, exactly. I just, especially when I owned my studio, I owned the studio for 10 years and I just stopped practicing because there's all this business stuff I had to do and you know you get really stale really quick as a teacher when you don't have your own practice because yeah. you, you know yeah. you can't really figure out where your students are I found or, or, or whatnot but yeah it's it's now that I don't own a studio and you know a lot of the work I do is online I do a lot of writing for different publications like uh, Yoga International and you know it, it's easier to have my spiritual practice, and I know how important it is for me to navigate the world with the spiritual practice. Otherwise, I just become really overwhelmed, yeah. disappointed, or I just feel like the world's going to shit. And, you know, if I don't have a spiritual practice, I just feel like we're doomed. You know, give up now. Yes, we are. I mean, ultimately, we're all going to the same place. Some of us faster than others. Right. Yeah, and the um, students pick up on on the difference, you know, when you you know, even though it seems like it's exactly the same class, they can tell there's a glow that's yeah. missing. Yeah, totally, and it it really does help me navigate the world. I don't know if, if I didn't have my yoga, my spiritual practice, I'd be like, can I just be lay here under my bed until this administration's over? Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> with myself, you know, instead of being like, we have to fight back. Yeah, I say this from my, my very cushy spot in Canada because we have a really lovely prime minister. Lots of people <laughs> don't like him here, but I certainly do. You know, <laughs> he's effective enough. Could he be more effective? Sure, but he, you know, <laughs> he's not he's not president of the United States, and we're not real happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I notice a difference when I if I take the time to go hiking, you know, without my phone <laughs> yeah, um, or, yeah. or meditate and, and do yoga and then go teach a class. Then it's like, okay, now I'm, I'm sharing more than just poses. True. So true. It becomes, it becomes infused with a really special kind of energy, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and a lot of the people in the in the class have been at work all day, and they're just now trying to like get out, get their head out of that space. So then I can really offer them a bridge to somewhere instead of being like, "Yeah, life is frustrating, isn't it? Let's try to do yoga." You know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> totally. Sounds like you're on the right path. Oh, thank you. You too. <laughs> Yay. Well, Yay. thank you so much for being our guest on the To Be a Yogi podcast today. My pleasure. It was really lovely talking to you. And I look forward to hearing. I, I, you know, I love a good podcast, so I look forward to hearing uh, what else you have to offer on your podcast. Thank you so much, and uh, and I'll I'll be posting from abroad so you can see the the temples and ashrams and places that I go. Nice. So I'll be sure to follow you on social media to to get the full experience. Very cool. Thank you very much. Thank you. You have a great rest of your day. You too. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you, Diane, for being our guest on the To Be a Yogi podcast today. Special thanks to Brian Dahl, and that's B-R-Y-I-N-D-A-L-L, for the music you're hearing right now. Thank you also to Charlotte Nguyen for hosting the Mindful Revolution Summit. That summit is still going on until Friday. That's the Mindful Revolution Summit. And for any local Crunch members, you can catch my remaining Power Yoga classes this Friday the 15th, the 22nd, and 29th, as well as Thursday the 28th at 7 p.m., Saturday, September 30th at 11 a.m., and Thursday, October 5th at 7 p.m. All of those are at the Sunset Strip location. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm pretty sure this is a crunch gym. There's a guy giving out sports drinks right there. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us, and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Oh. Namaste.